Welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie Grant, the founder of Be Social. Each week, we're inviting influencers, entrepreneurs, and the digitally savvy to share their social media story. We're going to break down how they've grown a business through their social footprint. Join us by following along on their journey. Hey guys, welcome back. We are on season three of the Follow Me podcast. We have a totally new situation for you. We're bringing in different co-hosts, basically team members of the Be Social team. And we have a lot of amazing guests this season. So I'm so excited for you guys to keep listening. Um, First off, I'm going to dive into what I saw on the internet And this week, I feel like it's kind of an interesting one. I'm sure you guys have all noticed by now because this is basically old news. But the following tab on Instagram has been removed. So like for all the girls out there stalking their men, um, you can't see what guys are liking and doing and being creeps about. So um, I'm feeling pretty dark that that's gone. But I'm curious to see if anyone else has noticed that and if you had like spent time on the following tab, I feel like it's kind of interesting to see what people like and comment on and engage with, um, even for like a brand. I feel like that's really interesting. So the fact that they removed that, I have no idea why, Um, but I'm sure there's some sort of reasoning. I guess it's um, alluding to the fact that likes will be gone. Um, So lots of big changes on the Instagram front. So that's what I saw on the internet. Um, Let's get into what we're going to learn today uh, from our guest. So She has so much experience growing and scaling a company, so I feel like she has a lot of great tips on that. She also manages a workforce of millennials, which is no easy feat. Uh, She juggles a crazy work-life balance, um, and she also is the face of her company and dealing with a lot of stuff each day. So if those are things you want to learn about, then definitely keep listening. Um, I am super excited to introduce our guest today. By the time she was 28, Jacqueline Johnson had sold her first business, No Subject, invested in multiple female-owned startups, and launched her own second, multi-million dollar company, Create & Cultivate. Six years later, Create & Cultivate is bigger than ever, with hundreds of thousands of followers and attendees and over 75 events to date. The conference has landed major cities around the country and boasts sponsors that include top Fortune 500 companies like Amazon, and speakers and panelists like Kim Kardashian West, Chelsea Handler, and even Chrissy Teigen. Named a Forbes 30 Under 30, an Adweek Disruptor, and Profiled in Fast Company, The LA Times, Entrepreneur, and more, Johnson has earned her way to the front lines of a workplace revolution at a time when change agents and disruptors are flexing real influence. Welcome, Jacqueline Johnson. Yay! I'm so excited to have you in, Jacqueline. I'm so excited to be here in your gorgeous offices. I know, right? We both like just got new offices, and you're supposed to be our neighbor. I'm so sad you're not. I know. Well, one day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try to make it happen, but I'm very jealous of everything you have going on here. It's very beautiful. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Okay, we start every episode the same. We ask you, what was your first Instagram post? Oh, my God. I don't even know. It's, <laughs> but you you know didn't what? tell her, Natalie? Oh, my God. Wait, I literally... You can't look. I can't look. I can't look at guess. guess. Okay. Well, it's funny because actually the other day I was looking at it and I was like, you have over 3,000 posts in my head. I was like, that's insane. That's a lot. But I'm sure it was one with like a super ugly filter. Like remember when that was what Instagram was? Uh It was all those ugly filters. Um, But I was definitely like amateur photographer. Like thought I was really like, there's a skyline and like all of that stuff. It was like pre-selfies. Like no one was really doing that. Yeah. Um, But I think 
I lived in New York when Instagram started. Okay. So I'm sure it was in New York versus LA. You were like actually the only guest with a post, I think, in 2010. So you were definitely like one of the first. OG. And I can show you. Oh my God, you. show me. I don't even know what that is. Um, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so and you have two likes. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I killed it. I killed it back in the day. I mean, and what was the caption? Just no caption. No caption. Yeah, no was caption a thing? I don't, I don't know. know. My favorite is when we bring this up for people and the only like is them liking it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's perfect. So two likes, killing the game. I mean, maybe it, it was like an office. It's or an something. office, which makes sense. Yeah. It's on, on brand for me. Yeah. Um, it's someone else's cool office because it definitely wasn't mine. It wasn't yours. Sure. So take us back to 2010. What yeah. were you doing? Um, well, I'm curious to know what years most people are, but I, um, I in 2010 was living, um, um, in New York, I honestly was really early to the social media game. So I started working at um, Attention, which is an agency. Yeah. I think it still exists today. Mm-hmm. I was employee number three. Oh, cool. um, so it was just like these two guys who were like, we're doing social media and like at the time, guerrilla marketing because like, you know, social yeah. media marketing didn't exist. Yeah. Um, and they had really amazing clients, you know, and they were like, we have Blue Fly, we have Mac Cosmetics, we have Estee Lauder. And we're like, two guys. So we want to bring on someone who's like familiar in the fashion beauty space. I had experience and it was a really amazing opportunity because we were working with these brands who were basically like, what is Facebook? We know it's something we need to know about, but how are we participating? What are forums? I'm really dating myself, but like, what are forums? What are blogs? What are all of these things? And like, how are we approaching this as a a company? Um, And we were really kind of first to market and having those conversations with brands and building them out. And um, I was lucky enough to kind of be there at the forefront, which is probably why I like actually remember the day that we were all in the office and someone was like, there's this thing called Twitter and it's like you tweet and everyone Everyone's like, what are you talking about? And yeah. then she signed on and then we all kind of created accounts. Totally. And I just like remember that happening, yeah. which is such a funny moment. I remember setting up Facebook pages that were actually profiles for brands before right. there was like brand pages. I remember that too. Um, so it's been kind of interesting to f- be kind of along for the ride yeah. versus the people who are coming into the industry now where it's like, of course you're on social media right. as a brand. Um so yeah, so that's probably what I was doing. I was probably in someone else's fancy office and just took a photo. Yeah, I love that. So you're at attention and then kind of how did your career progress from there? Yeah, so um, I was at attention and then I uh, went to another agency called iCrossing, um, which was a really interesting opportunity. So basically, again, everyone's like, what is social media? What are we doing with this? Mm-hmm. And they were like, we need someone to come in and productize our social media service lines. So essentially okay. figuring out how to price social media for clients. Like, this is how old I am. (laughs) You are not old. But like, no one knew what anything was. And so they're like, if we're helping them updating their Facebook page, what does that cost? If we're helping them build a campaign for influencers. So I came in and really built out the product service lines and kind of attached pricing to it and staffing. So it was kind of a unique position. Um, And then I went in-house at Interactive Corporation IAC, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically like, this conglomerate that owns like weather.com, match.com, Daily Beast. Yeah. So um, I went in-house at a startup within that company called Pronto, which was essentially an Amazon competitor. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. And so I came in to help build out their entire social media strategy, 
And then essentially the recession hit um, and, you know, I was living in New York and they were basically like laying off left and right. Mm -hmm. And my boss at the time, who now is the CEO of Peloton, John Foley, who's incredible, was like, there's this position in Los Angeles within like a sister company and you'd have the same title, same salary, same everything. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no way I'm not moving to LA. Like I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) Like (laughs) I had black hair and like blunt bangs. I was like, absolutely not. Um, And he was like, no, I really think you could be like a big fish in a small pond out there because I think the social media kind of digital world hasn't really gotten to LA yet. Entertainment is really like Mm -hmm. king there. So I think there's a huge opportunity. So I was like, you know what? I'm young, you know, my lease is up. All the things like are sort of perfect storming. And I moved to LA, took the job there. And then long story short is I was laid off within three months. So I like uprooted my whole life. How old were you when you got laid off? I was probably 23. Oh, so that just like broke you, I imagine. I was like, because I was really killing it in New York and had a really great job job and an incredible salary like so much so that my parents were like are you selling drugs like what's happening (laughs) what is social media we're very concerned um and I was just like you know that was my thing you know it was the career girl and really brutal coming to and especially coming to a city where you're like I know no one Yeah. yeah so that was really devastating I like basically freaked out for a couple months and essentially ended up kind of sending that email out that was like, I live in LA now. I'm looking mm-hmm. for work. Here's my whole thing. I applied for a gazillion jobs. I didn't get any, like I barely got interviews. Why would um, that be? And I think it was because at the time it was traditional PR, which right. I did not do. Yeah. So it was like the HL groups and this and that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't do that. Yeah. And then it was entertainment and they were like, you have no experience. So, or like gaming was actually like a big thing too. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the time there was really no one doing it in an agency capacity. Capacity. Yeah. So I started my own company essentially on accident after okay. by just getting freelance clients, more clients, more employees, long, long story short. I, my first company was like an events and influencer agency. No subject. No subject. Right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, and I had that company for seven years and I sold it to small girls PR. It was Which acquired. I know them. That's awesome. Yes. How did that come about? So really interesting. So I had known Mallory and Bianca at Small Girls for years. So basically Mm -hmm. I got an email and we actually like went back and found it like in 2000, I want to say like 12. That was like an intro email from a friend that was like, they're essentially doing what you do in LA in New York. And you guys should know each other. Like you're young female business owners. And we like met up, loved each other, obviously. Like they had a really great business. Um, And we just had always like thrown each other clients like, oh, we can't take this. You can take this. Or, you know, they want someone in LA or whatever it was. Um, over the years. And then basically, you know, we started having these conversations about like, they were looking to open an LA office. Um, and it was like, well, we, you know, we work together. Like, what would it look like if we worked together in a bigger way? And yeah. at the time I was running the company by myself, um, you know, was still super scrappy startup. I think we had maybe eight employees at the okay. time. Um, and it just felt like a natural fit for them where they were like, we have 30 plus employees. We have infrastructure. We have yeah. like all these things that we can offer your team that they're not getting now. And it's like kind of a great opportunity for me to not have to be like running the show solo. Right. So they ended up acquiring the business. um, And basically within that year period is like when Create and Cultivate really started taking off and kind of Mm. took on a life of its own. Um, And from there, basically, you know, I was with small girls for over a year. So you had to stay in your position as like CEO. Yeah. Or or president. I became president. president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I stayed on and, you know, worked with them on like a million clients, cool projects, all that kind of stuff. And then essentially 
when Creighton called me, I was like, I feel like this is like a good opportunity for me. Yeah. And they were super supportive and like really great about it. And we still are really good friends. Yeah. Awesome. So do you still have ownership in that? Or are you completely? Completely separate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they took over all the employees, all the pipeline, all the clientele, all the cool. IP essentially. And that is still running here in LA? Yes. Very yeah. Cool. And it's, I think, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think it's like grown and like become a bigger part That's of their awesome. business. Yeah. Which is great. Amazing. So you're working for, or you own no subject and on the side you're starting Create and Cultivate? Yeah. So Create and Cultivate started actually a while ago. So it was like 2011, I think was the first one, but wow. it started as like one off once a year, yeah. small event to get women together yeah. that was making no money. It yeah. was not a business. It was yeah. just this fun thing to do. Yeah. And it was like that for, I would say three years wow. um, that I was doing it. And then all of a sudden I would say like year four or five, people were like, Hmm, what's this? Brands were interested. Yep. Talent started emailing us. And then basically it just kind of was like this interesting thing, um, that was happening. And then Raina Panchansky, who's yeah. the CEO of DBA. Yeah. And I have been friends for a long time. I was rep. By are D you, are you rep by DBA now? I was rep by DBA okay. when I had like a blog, okay. <laughs> like back in the day. Got it. Um, but basically, uh, that's how we knew each other. Okay. And we'd always been in touch. And then basically when I was like, I'm going to go run this like marketing yeah. company, she was like, cool. Like, you know, keep in touch. And yeah. so, she, you know, we talked for a while and she was like, what is Creighton Cultivate? Like, what is this? And yeah. I was telling her about it and she was like, I think this is like what we do together. Like, I think yeah. we like work on this together. That's cool. um, and I was, and I was actually really hesitant. I was like, I don't know. It's like this fun side project. And yeah. she was like, no, I think there's like a real need for this. And right. it was like right time, right place. And um, so we both invested in the company cool. and kind of, you know, built it out as a real business yeah. and yeah. And then the rest is kind of history. That is wild. I know. So is she still part of the company? Yes. To the, yeah. Okay. She's and a you were in their offices for a while. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when the small girls acquisition happened, they took on those offices okay. that we were originally in. Okay. Um, it was both companies. And then we moved into DBA's offices. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then at what point were you like, I'm going to move downtown and get my own office. Yeah. I mean, when we outgrew it and they were honestly outgrowing, like we, they were growing and we were growing and then it was just like, oh my God, there's so many of us. Yeah. And also selfishly, I like wanted to be closer to my house. Yeah. <laughs> that commute downtown. was killing me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was good. It's just like, also, I think it's so funny because I was trying to explain, I'm like, we're an events business, which just means we have stuff. Like, oh, I you know. Just we do events. Yes. It's just like. You just accumulate yes. stuff. And like, I don't know if you've ever been to their offices, but they're like yeah, pristine no, and beautiful and white. <laughs> and like, and then you get to the Crate and Cultivate section and we just have crap everywhere Bags and like yeah, yeah and yeah, I was totally like Ooh. so I was like I think we need to get space with storage that's how our office usually is like neon signs and like candy oh, and totally gift, gift bags, bags. yeah <laughs> like, oh boxes. Totally. So I totally get that. So you landed on a place downtown. Yes. Tell me about that process. What was that like? Um, it was a nightmare. So basically, well, it was one of those things where we also had a tight timeline when we had to yeah. move. So I was telling you a little bit about this, but totally. it was kind of fast and furious. Um, and the thing about LA office space is that it's either like hip and cool and amazing, yeah. or it's like super corporate and stuff. Like, like a there's bank. nothing in between. Yeah. yeah. And the hip and cool and amazing is like very competitive, yep. very limited, and like you have to hit the right timeline. Totally. Uh, so, like I was saying, we looked at Row, but it was like, you know, an eight month lead yeah. time. We're like, we need it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so, we lucked out in finding this space, actually. We looked at a different space. Um, and it's so funny, like, because again, the pictures are so deceiving online. Yeah. But it was kind of like, the space looked beautiful in the photos. I got there and it had this like overall like steampunk weird oh, bro vibe, okay. which I was like, no wonder these were not in the photos. Yeah. But, and it was massive. And it was like, you know, as a business owner, like we were just talking yeah. about, 
it's hard to gauge because one, these are long leases. Yeah. They're expensive investments. Yep. And you don't want to buy something that's too small and you don't want to buy something that's too big. Yeah. And you kind of have, it's like, you know, figuring out that Goldilocks of like just right yeah. from a financial perspective and a space perspective. So basically I walked in there and it was huge. I mean, I think it had like 15 built out offices oh, and wow. like three okay. conference rooms. And it, it was amazing, but I was like you know, that pit in your stomach where you're like, I'm going to be like on the line for this and it's expensive. No, it's really scary. It's a big decision. And so basically he's like, well, there's this space on the street. It's not on the market. There's like a startup that's in there now, but they're moving out. Do you want to go look at it? And we like literally walked a block down and it's the space that we have now, which was kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. It has a second floor that we are using for storage right now, but like we'll eventually grow into, which is also nice because it gave us that option of like, we could always grow into this space if we need to. Um, and so I love it. Like tons of natural light. And you have like, like a big open space, like the yes. bullpen or whatever, yes. where everyone works. Bullpen. And yeah. then I think we have like three offices, a conference room and like so little, kind of like ours yeah, breakout areas. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Oh, that's awesome. And I feel like you've grown your team a lot recently. Can yes. you walk me through that? Yeah. Like, why did you make that decision? Yeah, totally. So we were eight people last year. Wow. Crazy. And we're yeah. 23 now. No. Yeah. So massive growth. And yes. basically what happened was, in January, I hired a COO who came in and basically was like, I'm just going to come in for the first three months, check out how everything's working, see how everything is like operating. And then after three months, I'll come to you with my recommendation. And essentially after three months, she was like, I think you need to restructure. And so she brought to the table ideas of like restructuring where we inputted verticals that didn't exist before because we weren't that busy before, you know? So it was like, basically like this was working, like this person was doing three things and that worked. But when the volume of work has increased, that person is no longer sustainable as one person. Mm -hmm. We need to break it out into different areas. So we completely restructured the company, redid our org chart, all of that kind of stuff. And then aggressively hired against it for the last, I guess, six months. Um, So yeah, so now pretty much all of our positions are hired. We're looking for a few... Um, additional spots to kind of fill the team, but the weight of the business has completely changed in the sense that things that felt like everyone was just like, you know, killing themselves to do because we were Mm -hmm. so busy now feels like a good level. Balance. We kind of just did the same thing. We just hired a president. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yeah, it was also a very big decision. Yeah, huge decision. Um, But she came in and kind of did the same thing, like did her audit of the company and like where we need to shift. We actually closed a department. Um, There's a lot of different changes. Yeah. But I feel like refreshed now. And like, I feel like we have purpose and we're refocused. And like, I think like the work balance for everyone is much better now. Same. Exactly. And it really took like that third party coming in because I think it's so challenging. I mean, this is my second company. I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years and I've never really scaled something. I've always run small businesses in the sense of like under 10 people, you know, and been like, this is my thing. And I did that for years and years and years. So when it came to something like this, one, I'm super conservative when it comes to money. So I was like, I don't think we can afford 20 people. Like, I don't know. And basically being like, Hey, yeah, you can. And here's how everything works. And someone putting together that full funnel of like, actually you're good. Um, and here's how it'll help you grow long-term was really nice. But it's like, unless you have that person doing that for you, you're kind of like, just head, you know, to the ground, just right. like making sure the business is running and operating, not thinking like, well, what could be better for, you know, yeah. it's really challenging when you're, you know, on your own. A hundred percent. So you probably have the same scenario as me as where you employ a lot of millennial females. 
what's that like? What are the challenges? Oh my God. I mean, I feel like we could talk about this forever. It's really, it's really interesting. So we have like a very, um, you know, we have like I think like pretty much half our staff is under 30 and then like half is over 30. Okay. Um, And it's a very distinct line of of the way people work and operate. Yeah. Um, And I think it's really interesting. So, you know, I think for us, you know, when the Me Too thing kind of hit, for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, all of us who were over 30 were like, here's my story. Here's my story. Here's all these things. Like I dealt with this thing, whatever. And what I started to realize was that some of the girls who were working for us, like this was their only job experience that they had had was with me as a CEO. Um, And I think that's really amazing, you know, because I think it's like we went through so much shit and like just, you know, killing ourselves to even get noticed or mentioned or whatever and fighting for every dollar, you know, and now (laughs) it's a little bit of a different scenario where they're very empowered, you know, they understand like, you know, where they're coming to the table and it's just a totally different mentality about work. And I think like for us, we were, you know, we we went through a recession, I'm assuming you did too. And you know what it's like to be like, I need money, I need a job and you're fighting for that position. And like, they have no concept of that, um, which is like a blessing and a curse, right? Right. because they're super optimistic. They're very entrepreneurial. You know, they come to the table with a lot of like amazing ideas, but they also, you know, want their work-life balance and like want a lot as well and demand a lot because that's been, you know, what they've been taught. But on the flip side, I don't think there's that back of your head if a recession hits or if worst case scenario hits or whatever it is, that work ethic, I think, not necessarily the work ethic because we do have amazingly hardworking women, but like that sense of fear fear does not exist yet. And I think it's, I think that's the biggest difference I noticed between them. What about you? I graduated in the recession, Mm -hmm. like 2009, 2010. So I like our my last year in college. Basically, all our professors were like, "You won't have a job. Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're screwed." Basically, my parents are freaking out. I'm like crying Everyone's all the time. Yeah. Like, it's just I ended up getting a job, but I was like, I had this mentality of like so much like fear. fear. Of, like, I have to keep my job. I have to retain my job. I have to like do all these things. And I think there's definitely a shift in that. And I feel like we're so affected by totally by that. And I feel like. Even all of my work decisions, I'm like, there could be a recession again. There could be this. Like, I'm always same. thinking about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like we're in the same boat. Yeah. I think my challenge is, like, creating an environment with, like, the work-life balance. And, like, because I'm, like, a worker bee. Like, I'm obsessed with working. I could work till, like, 2 a.m. and wake up at 7 a.m. and work. And I realize that's not for everyone. Totally. And I, you know, I tend to create an environment that's, like, let's work, 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 and go, go, go. So I feel like that's like what I'm challenged with. And we've put into place a lot of things like Fridays. We have summer Fridays like for the entire year now. And we have work from home days. We People can bring in their dogs. But I feel like it's so important as like a founder of a company mm-hmm. now to make your workplace enjoyable for millennials because those are your workers now and they expect a lot and they want certain things from their employer. It is challenging. I would say we have the same issue and I think I'm the same way. I'm like, I love working. I'm a total workaholic. Um, And I think like twofold discussion points. One is like, I'm very upfront in interviews with people. Like, I'm just like, if, if you are a nine to fiver and you are like, I need to catch that yoga class at four 30, whatever, like I don't think you'll enjoy working here. And it's not to say that it's like, that's a bad thing or a good thing. It doesn't matter. It's just like, because we've hired people with a specific work ethic, like people who come in that are like that just don't jive with the whole overarching team, which I think is like important to just note. That being said, we've done the same thing. We've like implemented a lot of that, you know, information. I think it's like, you know, whether it's, 
summer Fridays, same thing. We have yeah. dogs in the office, same thing. Yeah. We have work from home, same thing. Yeah. We have like, you know, differentiated, um, uh, you know, personal days throughout the year, whatever it is. Like we yeah. have all of that kind of stuff, which yeah. I think is definitely important. Yeah. Um, but I also think as a business owner, like we're not Google. Yeah. And I think that's also really that important to, yeah. to note. Like, yeah. I know that there's a lot of companies and maybe you have it too, but like yeah. we've hired people from Buzzfeed and Google and whatever yeah. who are like, Oh, we have unlimited vacation days. And I'm yeah. like, I would love to do that. And they can do that because they have 2000 million employees and right. one person gone for a day isn't going to affect the entire company. Yeah. One person gone at our company is a huge deal yeah. and it matters. Um, so I think it's also important for millennials to understand that too. For small businesses, it, we, everyone matters yes. and everyone Every little person counts. And so I think it's just also challenging to figure out, you know, that balance of being flexible, but also being smart about growing your business. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you like, like managing people? Is that part of the business you like, or you like on the creative side and you want to like do and, you know, create new products and things like that? Like, where's your head at? Like, what's your favorite part? I don't love managing people. Um, I love working with people. Um, I think, and I love the creative part. I'm like a doer. I love coming up with like long-term vision and everything, but at the same time, it's like a team effort. Right. So I love working with people, collaborating with people, all that kind of stuff. I'm not great at manage. Did you get this done today? Like that, this, you know, whatever. And I think that was also a big change in the restructure was everyone reported into me previously. Oh, that's how mine was Um, too. And and that's just so overwhelming and you cannot like, you can't spread yourself. Exactly. So now we have a GM that came in and now eventually everyone will start to report into her. Okay. Um, which already it's been, I think like two or three months, but it's been a total game changer for me. I feel like I can concentrate on things that I wasn't able to before work on projects way ahead of time. Um, so I think that's important to get out of those weeds, um, you know, when you're really, really in it. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what is your day to day now? Like when you come in the office, what are you like working on? Yeah. So, um, it's a combination of things. Um, I would say obviously the conferences at any event that we have, I'm like on the talent piece, I'm on the sponsor piece. I know everything that's going on. I'm like working with people on, you know, kind of coming up with those ideas and those strategies. But at the same time, I would say the bulk of my day is spent on sales and partnerships. So I do a lot of that, um, in collaboration with our new VP of sales, which was like a brand new department because previously I yeah. did all sales for oh, the entire wow. company. I was wondering if DBA was selling in your sales. No. Okay, um, so it's in-house. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. me, literally. And then we just hired a Wild. VP of sales who's like an angel, thank God. I imagine um, you have like a huge influx of inquiries though, oh, right? Yeah. You're not like going and having a cold call. No, it's mostly like inbound, yeah. at the, thank God, at this point, which is amazing. And we're just starting to kind of get a little bit more outbound and proactive yeah. on that stuff. Um, and then I would say the other piece of it is like creative. So Mm. what does the stage look like? What does the furniture look like on site? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like you guys like set the stage literally for like events and what they should look like. Talk me through that. Like, do you have vendors you use? Like, what is that process like? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a combination of things. We do everything in house in terms of the creative, which is really amazing. And like, we get so many emails that are like, can I hire the person who like designs your stage? And I'm like, it's me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No. Not for hire. I know. Not for hire. So tired. Yeah. Um, But we use 
like a bunch of different vendors. We try to use as many female-owned vendors and cool. companies as we can. Um, but because we do events all over the country, it kind of varies. And we love to like kind of source locally too, yeah. um, depending. Um, but yeah, we try to come up with like different looks and feels. I'm always trying to look for like inspiration and cool things that we can do, like yeah. things that are outside of the box that you don't always see at events. Yeah. Um, so we're really like obsessed with the attendee experience. So yeah. from the moment they arrive to the moment they leave, we want to ensure they have the best possible experience. Um, and so that's what we really just like focus on. And you do that so well. It's just like, it's wild. Thank you. Like I look at all of it. I'm like, wow, this is just goals. Oh, you do thanks. a great job. Um, I know the answer to this, but some people listening might not. How does Create and Cultivate make money? Yeah, totally. So I mean, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, so it's a combination of things. One is ticket sales. Obviously, okay. that's not a huge piece of it, but we do charge for tickets. Um, two is sponsor dollars. So okay. brand partnerships. And that's what we really try to rely on. We try to take as little money as possible from our consumers because we do want this information available to as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, so sponsorship brand dollars is the bulk of it. Um, and then ticket sales. And then we also just launched our membership, um, cool. which is really exciting. Yeah. So basically, um, we launched Create and Cultivate Insiders. Um, it's a membership program where you can sign on as a digital and event member or just a digital member. And okay. basically, as a digital member, you get access to all the panels. So mm-hmm. essentially, our video vault of past panels and future panels, um, as well as exclusive downloads. So things yeah. like business plan, um, small business checklist, like a lot of the really tangible tactical information that we have. We also do, and you should totally do this, yeah. um, monthly digital mentor sessions. Oh, cool. um, so we've had VCs, lawyers, yeah. PR experts, yeah. whatever it is, they do a digital mentor session. We have about like 100 attendees cool. tune in, which is awesome. And these yeah, girls are so it. excited and have so many questions, which is great. Yeah. Um, and the events piece of that membership gets you like front of line passes, exclusive perks on site, meet and greets with talent, like all of that kind of stuff. Cool. I love that. Um, kind of shifting gears, but I feel like, so our company, we work with a lot of female founders and brands, and I feel like there's such a time for like founder facing companies. I want you to kind of talk me through like you being your own influencer and kind of running this company, being the face of it and the challenges that kind of go like around that. Yeah, totally. It's actually really funny because um, I was talking to our GM about this and she was, you know, she's come in and always known me as like the face, the this, the that, like the talent essentially. And I was like, I did not sign up for this. Right. I like, I go look at this photo of me from a CNC 2017. I look like a dead body on stage. (laughs) I'm wearing a full production outfit and I literally have no makeup on and I'm like definitely casually sweating. I'm like, this is what I was a producer. Like I was an event event producer. producer. Mm -hmm. And so that was what I, you know, was kind of doing. And then obviously this wave of like female founders. um, And I I mean, look, it's amazing. I love it. I get to like meet incredible women who are starting awesome businesses, give them advice and help them out. That's why I started the business in the first place. So I really enjoy it. Um, I think on the same token, um, and actually Justina Blakeney posted something about this recently, but Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of um, build you up to break you down. I think with women in business like I think there's like a really strong call out culture Mm -hmm. um, where people just want you to fail Um, and I think that's really scary like and I you know you see it happen all the time you know with people and I think you know sometimes I'm just like I get so many emails about people who are just like you should have done this you didn't have enough Uh of this you didn't do like all the negative 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 as if I'm like some massive corporation Um, and I'm a person and I I think like sometimes that can really affect, you know, 
people. And yeah. I, I just think there's a little bit of an epidemic around that of women just being like, you're not this enough, you're not that enough. And mm-hmm. the, the expectation is so high. And so that's challenging. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's great. The community yeah. we built is amazing. And if I can be the face of that, like amazing, like right. that's, a, that's just an added value. Part. Yeah. And you started doing like your own like collaborations with brands and stuff. Like how does all of that come about? Yeah. So mostly inbound and mostly from people that were already working with that create and cultivate. Yeah. So kind of working with them on, um, you know, kind of bigger picture items. Cause the thing that happens with create and cultivate a lot is that brands want to work with us, but we're not a person. Yeah. Right. So they're yeah. like, if they're a clothing line or this line, they're like, well, who's using it. the product yeah. or yeah. So that's kind of how that came about. Um, yeah. but it's, it's always great because there's always really great integration into like different partnerships. So, you know, people like, um, a MasterCard that we have a mm-hmm. massive partnership with on the yeah. CNC side, you know, I'll go speak at events for them. I'm, I can cool. help be the face of their small business, um, in some capacity, um, and also get like my friends to be part of it too. Yeah. I mean, it's a really organic way to like work with a brand that's already working with Crate and Cultivate, um, yeah. as well. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So I think we're going to go into fan questions and these are just like rapid fire answer quick. Um, what person or brand is changing the game? Ooh, I mean, I always like to shout out because I think they do such a great job on social is um, Kristen S. Um, so oh, yeah. she, she has her own target line, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, I think her content is so beautiful. She does yeah. such a good job. She does a really good job of answering like customer questions, yeah. integrating the product into things. And I just, I just think she does a really good job. Yeah, I agree. She has a hair care line, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Does she do your hair? Um, she used to, but now she's too busy. So, um, I know she was like, basically got to the point. She's like, I can see you at 11 PM. Can you come over? And I'm like, like, you're a psycho. You need to stop doing this. You're the CEO of like this massive company now. Um, but yeah, for many years she did. And that's how we knew each other. Um, best tips for networking. I think, you know, I give this one a lot, but I think it's a good one is that to network, um, horizontally versus vertically. Like, I think like a lot of people try to network with people who are way more successful than them or a higher level than them. But I think it's important to network like across the board with women who have, you know, your position at a different company or whatever it might be. Yeah. I love that. Who is your favorite entrepreneur right now? Um, well, I actually just invested in a company called live tinted. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, So Deepika Mutyala is the CEO. She's an influence, like a beauty influencer in her own right. And she launched um, a new line that's specifically targeting like women of color. Um, and it's awesome. It's really, really smart and really cool. And so I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. So you're taking your own capital and investing that. Yeah. Is yeah. that something you want to do more of? Yeah. I've done it kind of a, a few times. So I've, I was an investor in Away Luggage like early on, oh, which cool. was awesome. Yeah. I'm an investor in um, Live Tinted, uh, investor in Chill House, Cindy Ramirez's oh, company as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and then I advise a lot of companies um, cool. also. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, what do you like most about your job? Um, I think definitely the community. Um, it's so cool because I get to meet so many women from all over the country who are starting like the most insane, awesome businesses. So like this one girl actually came up to me and I was like, this is genius. She created a jewelry line for people with anxiety. Hmm. So essentially all the pieces move or shift in some way. So you can like play with them. Oh, interesting. So cool. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so excited. I get to meet you and hear your story and like be a part of it in some small, small way. Um, so I think it's just like that never gets old to me. Yeah. And least favorite part of the job? Um, I mean, I guess I would say, 
I want to say the travel, but I like it, but I hate it yeah, at the same time. I'm a homebody. I, I hate traveling. Yeah, I do. I travel all the time. I feel like I live on a plane, essentially. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's times where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, And I, I'll get home and like not leave bed and just binge Netflix. My yeah. husband does not get it. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, You're I just so dead I need from this. That. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really, really challenging. So I think that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with. Um, it's just being on a plane all the time. Yeah, I feel you. Um, what is your personal mantra? Um, I guess I would say, hmm, resiliency required. I mean, that's like a Hmm. big one for me. I think, you know, what we do is very hard, um, and really challenging. And I think, uh, people don't often realize that. And so, you know, resiliency required has always been kind of a rallying cry for me because it's like just knowing that like this too shall pass, I think is so important when you're an entrepreneur. Like girls will run into my office and be like, end of the world. Like this is like crashing and burning. And And I'm like, all right, we got this. Like nothing phases me anymore. Like I feel like I'm just like ready to take on anything after been, yeah. after I've been doing this for so long. So I think it's about being resilient and being, you know, be, bringing your, like essentially being a human yeah. in those situations. I feel like being an entrepreneur, you get so beat up. Yeah. Like, so like, I kind of feel the same way too. I'm maybe not quite there yeah. yet where I can like take any punch, but I, before, like a couple years ago, I would like cry over it. I would be so upset. I'd like be so consumed with any little thing. Now I'm like, okay, take a step back. Like we'll get through this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like that for a long time too. And I feel like in the past like three years, I'm just like, bring it on, (laughs) bring it on. I'm just like, what's next? Yeah. What's next? Like (laughs) come at me. Yes. Um, best advice for when applying for a job. Um, I mean, this is my advice. I would say is send a PDF, not a work doc. Oh my God. Send a PDF. <laughs> God. You, open it, you can't even yeah. see it. It's all jumbled. I'm not even opening it. Yeah. I'm not opening it. I'm yeah. like, I don't care. That's I, such a good one. Yeah. Send a PDF. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Well, what's next for Create and Cultivate? Yeah. So we have some exciting things that are coming up. Um, on October 1st, we're launching something very exciting. We're getting into our first product. So um, cool. I, I know a little bit yeah, about yeah. it. I know. We can't say much, yeah. but that'll be like, I mean, that'll be huge for us. Yeah. Um, and then we also have our first ever small business summit in October, cool. um, which we're really excited about. And then we're heading uh, to Miami for our vision summit at the end of the year. So those cool. are the two big ones for us, or three big ones for us. Awesome. Well, this was so amazing. Yay. Thanks for coming on. Where can people follow you? They can follow me at Jacqueline R. Johnson on Instagram and at Create Cultivate and at Work Party. Yay. Thank awesome. you so much. Bye. Bye.